Monday Drives. I'm Bjorn Tinglum, and uh, here sitting with Jared Hunt. And we're two guys who are hanging out tonight, going to talk about Jesus and a bunch of other stuff. And, and what are, like, what's the point? Why are we here? What are, what's the purpose of what we're doing, Jared? Yeah, the goal of this podcast is to reach and encourage men to grow in their relationship with Jesus while engaging their local church. Ooh, engaging their local church. What yeah. does that mean? Break that down for me. Like, what is... Well, you know, oh, hey, hello. Hello. Yeah. What's we up? Got some appliances behind us talking to us. Appliances. Hey, but... Yeah, uh, we want to encourage people to engage not only in their relationship with God and what that means to them and, and how they can grow in their relationship with Jesus, but also we we have we're we're supposed to be together. God made us relational and uh and just being plugged into your local church, like where where is that? What does it look like, you know, in groups? And going to church, you know. Well, it seems like as men, we tend to be a little bit more resistant to engaging in community a lot of times as well. Or it takes a little bit more work for us. So That is true. That is true. Why why do you think that is? It's a good question. Um, You know, I think sometimes where, you know, it's... uh, Man, that is actually a really good question. I don't know. I think sometimes guys, we get in our work mode. I think we can engage in work and mm. things around that. Task oriented. Task oriented. And yep. so maybe um, uh, walking into maybe a more relational space where maybe it isn't as task oriented and you just have to kind of open up, get to know people. Maybe yeah. that's not as comfortable for some men. Well, some people are, you know, you go through the Enneagram, you know, the Enneagram yeah, yeah. personality assessments and yeah. and you can hear like, oh, this, I, I'm introvert, I'm extrovert or whatever, you know, yeah. the, the, there's the Meyer Briggs, there's all sorts of different ones, right? For sure. But, you know, so I think some people just naturally know how to socialize and some people don't, whether you're yeah. male or female. But I do think that males in the culture are told to be you know, uh, maybe not so much in this culture, but at least in the culture where I grew up, it was stoic and, mm-hmm. uh, you gotta be manly and, yeah. you know, don't so. talk about your feelings and yeah. 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 Definitely. That be was tough. And yeah, that's, that, what, a, what, that's what I grew up in. I grew up in Idaho. So, um, you know, a little more rough, less, yeah. less cultural diversity. So, um, less progressive, I guess you could say for sure. So, for sure. Was that, um, did you notice that with yourself having to learn kind of to embrace community and, and having kind of grown up in that background? Well, I grew up in church, so. Oh, so you yeah, know, it was normal for you. I went to Sunday school. I learned Sunday school songs. So going to church was, was a value that was instilled in me yeah. as a young, as a young man, uh, at growing up. So, um, but I think that's why we buy and Seahawks gear and we wear all of our Seahawks gear and cheer for a, a team. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't even like football, I know people who buy gear and put it on Yeah, and they don't even know like the sport. They don't even know like what a bl- uh, illegal block is or anything. For sure. I mean, that was me for years. I didn't know any of the rules. It took me a long time to figure out rules, especially if you never played. I never totally. played. So. Yeah, yeah. But you just want to be part of something. You want, yeah. you want to belong. And so I think, um, you know, maybe it's easier for guys to put on, you know, a Seahawks hat and be like, sure. yeah, yeah, football. I'm part of something. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like totally. they, they have no clue. Yeah, um, absolutely. That's not all guys. Of course, it's just, a, I think, a small sect of, of guys. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah, our goal is to reach men who want to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And also engage with their local church. Yeah, so uh, so news and noteworthy things. What's going on? So what has happened? So, So something happened a little bit earlier today that affects you quite a bit because it, it well it involved your alma mater yeah i, I so got to i that. got to go to gonzaga that you was did. where i went to college yeah and um i got to go to basketball games for free as a student oh man so best game ever that i went to was yeah. a game that we lost to michigan state okay and uh like so much energy in really the, in the in the mac which is the mccarthy athletic center okay got used, it used to be the kennel they used okay. to play in a place called the kennel, and, the they, kennel. and they would rock it and it would okay. like people, they didn't lose like when, when they, uh, came to the kennel. And so the Mac okay. is way nicer, new facility. Um, but they had only lost like 11 games since they opened the Mac and, and up until that point oh, wow. when they lost to the Spartans, Okay, and, uh, but that game was awesome. Oh, that's cool. But, Another big loss. Was it a tough game? What made it awesome? Was it just like a back and forth kind of buzzer beater type game? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think it was Jamal Green scored a three at the end and won. Oh, wow. Won for them. Okay. It was a close game. But it was just, just, you know, when it's a really good high teams, like high performance, high energy teams, you know, it's on ESPN. So all the cameras are there. For sure. You know, all the students are going crazy and yelling and... um, Matter of fact, I was, th- I was standing on a portion of the bleachers that uh, will get extended out. Yeah. And so, like, when you jump up and down on those bleachers and everyone jumps and, like, like to, like, the music, like, the whole bleachers would shift. and. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, the Zags have broken my heart many, many times. Man. And uh, I don't invest emotionally uh, yeah. like, like I used to. Okay. But, um... I think it was four years ago they lost the national championship against uh, UCLA. Okay. And then Got tonight, it. tonight they lost. Tonight lost to Baylor. But it wasn't even close. So it wasn't like they broke my heart. It was just like Baylor. Ba- Baylor came out ready to fight. <laughs> they came out ready to brawl. And then I'm yeah, not going to speak bad against my Zags, but they just like they were playing more aggressive. Yeah. I'm not going to say they manhandled them. I'm just going to say they 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 played more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I mean, they're still a really good team. They fought the whole way. Yeah, but, absolutely. But they just, and they're like the top, uh, Baylor's like the top three shooting team in the, in the league for like sure. All, all college basketball. And they showed it, man. They were just draining, like splashing it right in their face. Yeah. Yeah. And lots of threes. <clears throat> yeah. That's what, that's what gave them the lead. And that's and every time Zags would get close. That's what gave them the lead again. They, okay. they, they'd knock two, two threes down. Oh, wow. Yep. Wow. So it's sad. It's really yeah. sad because I uh I bought a new Zags uh uh sweater just I saw for that. the tournament. Yeah. It said I need a little bit of Gonzaga and a whole lot of Jesus. <laughs> but uh I haven't had any Zags any Zags swag for a while. Like okay. all of my old stuff got holes in it and yeah, yeah. and I just kinda threw it away. So I figured okay, I'll get a new a new Zags hoodie. There you go. And um and they made it far. They did. They well, yeah, they were. I mean, if they had won that game, they were going to be completely undefeated team or undefeated season. The first time since 1976. So, yeah, they were undefeated until tonight. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, exactly. Yep. So that would have been cool. It would have been cool to see. It would have been great. Would have been great to see. So, 
Oh, Texas. Texas comes in and spoils it for everybody. Yeah. The one thing I got to say is the only white dude on Baylor's team is some dude who's who's rocking a mullet. (laughs) And he's like a seven footer. So I'm like, come on, Baylor. Come on, you gotta get a little diversity. You Bro, know? what's with the mullets coming back? Is it the '90s thing? Like everybody's in the '90s yeah. stuff, so mullets gotta come back. Because yeah. I've seen a bunch of yeah. them showing up yeah. all of a sudden. Yeah, business in the front, party oh, in the back. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> mullets are the worst. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah, oh. you know, news and noteworthy stuff at Northwest Church. Hey, if you didn't know, what is know, happening in Northwest we, right we, now? We both go to uh, Northwest Foursquare Church. It's a church in Federal Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on 21st Avenue, open four services a week in person. Matter of fact, this last weekend we had five services. Five services. Oh, my goodness. And a lot of people. How many people yeah. there over the weekend? Well, if, numbers you, were if, crazy. if you add Good Friday yeah. to, um, to the weekend, the Easter ones, the yeah. Easter ones were... Uh, um, I gotta do math in my head. Carry the two. <laughs> no, we had about seventeen, eighteen hundred people. Oh man, that's wild. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, so, Good Friday was packed. Good Friday, we only did one Good Friday service, yeah. so it was like like five hundred some odd people. people. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it was packed. It was a really good service, though. The ten o'clock Easter service uh, was the busiest. Oh, was it? Yeah, we had over a hundred kids in children's ministries. Oh, wow! Which we haven't had that many kids um, in a long time mm-hmm. since like pre-COVID, and so we had <laughs> we had three uh, moms with like like babies. Okay. Who like you know how like in the sanctuary there's usually like a TV with you get your number that pops up. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. <laughs> it was like that means your kid's crying. You gotta. Go. You got to go. It's like that thing never turns on. It turned on three times in that service. Oh, my gosh. So, uh, so yeah, I was out in the foyer, and there's, like, these moms, and they all have their rockers, and they're, like, looking at each other side by side, and they're just pushing it back and forth. Oh, really? (laughs) Like, trying to, you know, soothe soothe the babies. They're crying babies. And, uh, yeah. So, we had, like, three volunteers in, like, the baby room alone. Oh, wow. They only had two babies because the other other three were all out in the foyer crying. Out in the foyer crying. Oh, my gosh. That's funny. But, yeah, you know, kids are not socializing because of COVID. Yeah, totally. So, you know, stick a baby in a room full of other babies and, you know, they have anxiety. Just like, just us humans. You put us humans in, in a large gathering of 500 people and you freak out because, not just because you're scared of catching COVID, but I think people who struggle with being around other people in large crowds, you know, it's like. Yeah. I haven't done that for a year. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're, you know, we have one more service in our sanctuary and then we're going to uh, shut down the sanctuary. Sanctuaries are getting shut down. We're moving into the gym, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Actually, March 12th, we're going to need as many hands on deck for help. April 12th? Oh, yeah. It's April. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Not not March. (laughs) Yeah. Not not next year, but April April 12th. April 12th. Which is a Monday, right? Is the day after next. So next weekend services, okay. that next Monday, yeah, we're going to be pulling all the chairs and putting them and setting them up in the gym. Oh, okay. And we're going to be doing service in the gym for five weeks. Five weeks. Yeah. Okay. And then that day we're going to be ripping the carpet up because yep. we're going to start remodeling the sanctuary. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It's going to facelift. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, everything's changing. Everything's changing. It's going to look totally different. Really? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What is it? Can we get a... Can we get a it's gonna Sneak be dark. Peak. It's gonna be dark. It's all beige right now. 
It is. The yes. ceiling's beige. The carpet's yep. beige. The chairs are purple. Yeah. The, everything's brown. There's like ten different colors of like brown. Who, who picked the purple chairs? I have no clue. Probably yeah, they've been around a long time, haven't they? Twenty years. Oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, so okay, everything's gonna be new and dark. Wow. Okay. Dark chairs too. The ceiling's gonna be black. The walls are gonna be black. The the carpet I think is like a a dark. Yeah. A dark shade. Some sort of charcoal. I mean, you have or to go. You have to choose neutral colors or what? Beige and grays, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep. So you gotta choose to go beige or you gotta go gray. Yep. Especially exactly. if you want it to last a long time. Yeah. Like we're thinking like we don't want to remodel for another twenty years. So okay. got it. We wanna just, you know, do it. And so the common modern way for most sanctuaries today is where we're is the direction we're going. Which okay. is which is a darker 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 colors. Does that help with kind of the video and all of that as well? Oh or? absolutely. Okay. Got it. Like we put that new black curtain in the back okay. of the stage now yeah but like if any of the cameras shoot where the beige walls are it looks really bad oh okay got it but if you have just that backpack the black background it looks really good oh interesting so when okay. all the walls go dark and the carpet on the stage goes dark everything will look way better okay yeah oh very cool right on so that that kicks off uh on the 12th and then we got five weeks of five weeks of service in in the gym in the gym okay got yeah. it the gym you know funny story way back when they first built that whole building um and they did the whole remodel like the foyer was was just outside okay and so like the gym and the foyer all of that was was outside the building and the front of the building was where those little car port parts ports are that you can drive oh in yeah under. yeah oh yeah yeah that's so you could drive in and drop someone off Oh. And that was the front of the church. Those completely make sense now. That was yeah. the front of the church. Yeah. Oh, and interesting. That skinny little hallway yeah. where the bathrooms are yeah. was the foyer. And then, You're kidding. And the stage was where people sit oh, in the whoa. balcony. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what happened is is when they started the, the, the new construction and they built the foyer and the gym and all of the stuff downstairs and upstairs, they put all the chairs into the gym back then and they remodeled the sanctuary and they flipped it okay so that's when the stage went to the other side yep and they built a balcony okay got it so um so then they flipped everything was flipped at that point so gotcha uh now we're going back into the gym yep And it's been a long time yep. since we've done church in there but you notice that they they hung like um acoustic sound pads everywhere in the gym oh i did see that yeah yeah that's because they used to do church in there okay while they were remodeling it got it okay and and back then the remodel took a long time so there was a lot more effort for the gym like right now we're just hoping for five weeks yeah because we're doing paint carpet chairs okay got it (laughs) so it's not like we're Remodeling. So we're not redoing the look of anything. It's just, well, I'm sorry. The, um, as far from a structural standpoint, yeah. like things like that, no yeah, yeah, walls yeah. being removed or added. It's just all pretty much paint, paint and okay. upgrading chairs and carpet. Got it. Just like you would kind of in a, in a house. Okay. Up- got it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just considered it upkeep, taking care of it making it look, you know, more modern. And, and also the chairs are really old. Yeah, yeah. No, that so, makes sense. Okay. The, the oh, new, very cool. The new chairs we got are nice. I sat, are I sat in one of them. Oh, very cool. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. 
What color are they? They're gray. They're like a gray white speckled type okay. thing. So yeah, they'll look nice. Very nice. That'll look cool. Be a updated, updated place for us to invite people to. Yeah, I think it'll be great. I, yeah. think, it'll, I think it'll be nice. I think people at first will complain like, oh, it's different. Or some people will be like, oh, it's amazing. So you get both sides. Oh, for I, sure. I mean, you'll probably get people who are like, I don't care anyways. Yeah. But the people I think who are not going to like it are just not like going to like change. Totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you give it a year or six months. You'll, three, you'll three forget months, exactly. You'll forget what it looked like. You'll forget what it looked like. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's how it always works. So you just got to give it time and yeah. people will adjust. And yep. Yep. Yeah. But yeah. it'll be, I think it'll look good. Yeah. Especially if you're always thinking about a church that needs to grow young. Mm-hmm. Because a church that doesn't grow young dies, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just, you get a church full of old people and you're never reaching younger generations. Yeah. Like, then that church eventually just dies off. Yep. So if we're thinking about how to, to stay young or grow young, not just grow old, like we do want to grow old. We want older generations because, you know, passing the baton and having mentors and disciple disciplers and like you want that, but reaching a younger generation sometimes means your services can cater towards a younger crowd. Mm -hmm. So looks and music sometimes is really big for how to do a service for sure. Um, So not that, we should lose any tr- valuable things that have been established, you know, but also at the same time, considering how do you reach younger generations? So Absolutely. I think, I think music and the look of a, of a building and of a sanctuary is important. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean the, the, yeah, I think that, and then probably your, your technology as well. Like, I think yeah. all of those things probably go hand in yeah. hand, especially if you are trying to, yeah. to reach that younger generation. You can't go too hip though, right? You go too weird and too trendy and too hip, then it's like three years later, don't it's all out. <laughs> so 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 Ben Ben shouldn't get a mullet or anything like that. No, no, <laughs> no. Okay. no. I don't. I, his hair just like magically never grows. He's yeah. like, I got a haircut and his hair is already super short. I'm like, you you didn't need a haircut. I don't know. But I feel like Ben would be the guy that like goes to the barbershop like twice a week and just gets it all done and. Well, it's super short, and then he gets haircut, and I'm like, oh. Well, that's, I know, but usually, like, you keep it super short by continuing to cut it regularly. <laughs> that's how it stays looking super short. <laughs> yeah. Go into the, oh, yeah, anyway. So, I just do the, that's why I'm, I, I just do the clippers. Yeah, you just go for the. the like once the, every four days or so, I just, yeah. The Screaming Eagle. That's, that's sure. what we call is, that. Is that what you call that? The Screaming Eagle? <laughs> screaming Eagle, the bald look. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. That's what I had to do. I, I was getting the yarmulke, man. Were you? I was getting the skinny yarmulke. And uh, yeah, it was time to time to go. So uh, today or tonight, we were going to talk about how to lead someone to Jesus. Yeah, it was a, kind of our practical discipleship topic that we wanted to discuss. And, you know, I was looking at numbers and uh, some LifeWay research numbers. You know, about uh, 75% of Christians will say that either they do share their faith or they feel comfortable sharing their faith, but they also did some additional research saying that really only about 22% of Christians had, at least when they did these numbers, which was a 2018 study, saying only 28 or 22% of Christians actually shared their faith within the last six months, which is mm. kind of a small amount, especially when we look at 
Jesus before ascending, giving the great commission. Yeah. Saying that's kind of our whole, our whole point, you know, the whole thing we're supposed to go do is to go share him and, and tell others about him. Well, if all Jesus wanted us to do was pray a prayer, surrender our life to him, he would have taken us to heaven the moment we said yes. Right. For sure. But I believe he gave us two there's I, I, there could be more but I just see there's I see two reasons why Jesus didn't the first one is he has a plan he has a purpose for us for his kingdom here on earth mm-hmm. and so he wants uh, to use us for for his good his good pleasure for the things that he has which one of those things is telling other people for sure about the good news yeah like what is good about it you know that he saved me from like eternal damnation from dying and going to hell from being separated from him. He saved me and not just to go to heaven and have eternity and go and have a place that's good versus Mm -hmm. a place that's separated from him. But also I think that he saved us to become more like him Mm. because in the fall, our relationship with Jesus was broken. Mm-hmm. So like Pastor Ben has said it a few times, but the way in is the way on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, like he wants us to be like this time on earth is a time to grow, to become more like Jesus. Uh, discipleship track, we, we went through a handful of classes, but one of them was following Jesus, becoming like Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, and so that's big. Like, that's one of the reasons why I believe we're here is to deal with sin. Yeah. You know, that, um, I think it was David was a man after God's own heart. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's because he would all, he would say stuff like in his Psalms, like search me and know me, God, find any wicked way in me. You know, he was just really honest and, um, it was at the good Friday service. I think Ben said, uh, uh, Psalms 19. Yes. Yep. The meditations mm-hmm. of my heart and the words of my mouth, may they be pleasing to you. Yeah. Yep. And how he takes communion and he, he prays that. Yeah. That the Lord, but he's like, the Lord always convicts me. Mm-hmm. Like he, he always brings something up. Like I'm never done. And yeah, I think that's like, that's real. Right? Yeah. Like, like God saved us, not just to take us to heaven, but that he can make us more like him. And I think that requires, you know, to be honest with God yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah. I would say every day if you can. For sure. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, I was talking to a guy, I went out and to eat with a guy and we were just talking about this. And I said, dude, if my wife's alarm goes off and I'm in, I wake up you know, wanting to break her phone or I'm like mad cause like I'm tired and grumpy. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, to be honest, you know, the meditations of my heart, have I sinned? You know, like at what point did I sin? At what point was it temptation? But regardless, it's like man's heart is evil and wicked. Yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's what it says. And so we're being sanctified. We're being saved. Yeah. So, you know, we've got to be honest about the attitudes of our heart. And surrender that stuff daily to the Lord. For sure. You know, I went on a prayer walk uh, Thursday morning and I was walking uh, from the church out of the, uh, a two mile circuit that I do. And, and I was just walking and I just was praying and the Lord kind of convicted me of just arrogant attitude. And hmm. I could have gone back and thought about it. I could have justified. Actually, 
I had justified a lot of the things that I had done because they were good and the outcomes were good and the purposes were good and they were godly and like all of these things, right? I don't think I like necessarily did anything that was like sinful. It wasn't like Mm -hmm. this horrible sin that I did, but the Lord just showed me in my own heart, just this arrogance. And so he convicted me and I just remember being kind of like undone and just Mm -hmm. emotional, but you know, that's what the Lord wants to do. He wants to refine us and make us holy like he is and righteous and pure and for sure. But that doesn't just happen because you pray a prayer on, on a, on a Sunday. Yeah. That happens through spending time with Jesus and, and, and just surrendering that to him, asking him to search you. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, is there any way in me that would run to other things before you and the addictive thoughts or, or, or like, like the root, right? Yeah. yeah. Not just the behavior, you know, when, when the behavior comes from something that's happening deeper in your heart. Yeah. So I just hit my mind. (laughs) (laughs) So how would you present that to somebody then? Because that, I mean, that is kind of the, I, I guess a full picture of the gospel you're talking about. So how do you, how do you present that to somebody? You know, I used to be so frightened to street witness Mm -hmm. and, um, but I was taught how to do it Mm. and we were taught to, uh, walk up to someone and ask them if they had ever told a lie and if they said yes, then you'd say, what does that make you? And they would say, uh, a liar. Yeah. (laughs) And then you'd say, oh, well, have you ever stolen anything? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you you know, well, no, well maybe, you know. What does that make you? A thief. Thief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, and the most horrible. Have you ever murdered anybody? Yeah, the <laughs> most horrible one was like, well, you know, in the Bible, Jesus said, if you even have lust in your heart after a woman, you've already committed adultery. So yeah. have you ever lusted before? <laughs> so what does that make you? Well, I don't know. I, don't know. Yeah, but I guess it makes me adulterer, you know, according to you. So following um, your logic. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're yeah. like trying to convince someone that they're a sinner. And then you tell them, you know, that the only way to heaven is to be forgiven. Yeah. And then you try to convince them to pray a prayer, Mm -hmm. whether it's genuine or not. And then you lead someone in this prayer, hoping that their heart is genuine. And then you never follow up. You never make sure they come to church. You never make sure they, they get plugged in. It's all about getting people to pray a prayer. Yeah. And that's a critique that's not always true of every person, but mm. when you do street witnessing, like you're kind of like, I don't know, for me, I always felt like I was being a con artist. Like I didn't really believe what I was saying and mm. I felt like this wasn't right. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until I like fully surrendered my life to the Lord that, and I heard someone tell me, Jared, you have purpose and God had a plan mm-hmm. and like, I believed it. Yeah. And I, and I, and I heard that those words like from a person, but it was like the Lord showed me, like, I made you, there's no mistake in what I did. Like I made you exactly the way you are. You were planned. You were purposed. And I remember thinking I could talk to anybody about this, but it wasn't until I grabbed a hold of that, that I really was like, wow, I believe I believed it. It wasn't until I believed it that I was like, I could talk to anybody about purpose. Yeah. And I remember after that happened too, I'd walk up to people and I'd be like, and I'd be like, Oh yeah. I'd just be able to talk to someone about like 
Do you have interests? Do you have abilities? Do you have values? Things that are unique for you? And I talk to people about that and they'd always say yes. And then I'd be able to say, just lead them into a conversation of like, there's a designer, there's someone who made that, you know, and and that was easy for me. Um, But one of my favorite ways to lead someone to Jesus is there's this guy who wrote a book called sharing Jesus without fear. Okay. And so he came up with a handful of scriptures that, um, that you look through and, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at this document I pulled up and you can Google this. This is easy. He's, he's wrote the book. You can buy the book. Um, I don't have the book pulled up. I just have this PDF. I looked up, um, but the, the five, sharing Jesus questions are what are your spiritual beliefs and worldviews? You know, as a chaplain, I used to walk up to soldiers all the time and I would talk to them and, and I would ask them, what are your spiritual beliefs? Yeah. And I'd hear all sorts of wild things, but I wouldn't, I I wouldn't argue. I wouldn't jump in. I wouldn't rebuttal or, or, or confront any of it. Okay. I would just listen. Yeah. And listening is giving up your need to be right. It's asking all the questions like who, what, when, where, how, never asking why. Why sure. why means you got to justify what you're saying. Okay. So you're just asking all these questions and letting them say everything. And eventually, if you listen to someone long enough, um, you know, then they'll say, well, what do you believe? <laughs> yeah. And that's the invitation. Okay. Because as a chaplain, you're not allowed to proselytize. You're not allowed to go around and oh, make converts. Okay. But yeah. if someone says, chaplain, I need prayer, yeah. I can only pray from my tradition. I can only pray from my uh, whoever's endorsing me. Okay. So I can't pray in your spiritual beliefs. You can't have a Buddhist prayer or something I, like I that don't, as I don't a Christian. Know. As a chaplain, I had a job. Even, I had to yeah. I had to have like Korans and certain things to hand out. So I okay. just had that stuff available and I didn't go around advertising it but if they came asking for it then I did have to offer that was part of my job for sure but the things that I could perform was only the things that I that I uh through Foursquare through the Foursquare denomination who because that's who your pastor pastoral license which you had to have yeah but it hung through Foursquare so you had to basically abide by everything under that pastoral license yeah. correct okay yeah. yeah and so my endorser you know I was only allowed to I pray in the name of Jesus, you know, yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. and do the things that I do. But what I would always, as far as witnessing, and it, it taught me a lot being in the army. But I, yeah, I used to ask people, what are your spiritual beliefs? And they would tell me all sorts of stuff. I'd listen to them. Yeah. Um, another question that this guy uses, th- this is coming from a guy who wrote a book called Sharing Jesus Without Fear. Mm-hmm. But he would ask, uh, who do you think Jesus is? Oh, interesting. Okay. <laughs> or who is Jesus to you? Yeah, yeah. And so you'd hear, because here's the funny thing. Everybody does something with Jesus. For sure. And so you hear all sorts of stuff about Jesus. Yeah. And some people just say, I don't know. For sure. But what that does is it gives someone the opportunity to say what they believe. And then again, they can say, well, what do you mean? Who is Je- well, who's Jesus to you? Yeah. Thank you, you for go. asking. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to tell you who Jesus is to me. And from for sure. there, it's just a personal testimony. Yeah. You know, he changed my life. I know he can do it for you. Yeah. Like that's like, that's a really basic way of sharing your faith with someone. For sure. Like 
I, this is who Jesus is to me. If he did it for me, I know he can do it for you. Yeah. Now that's completely different from, have you told a lie? You're a liar. Yeah. You know, you, you, you're a sinner, which means you're a sinner and you need to go to heaven. You got to pray this prayer. Yeah. You know, this is like saying I was, I was a liar. Yeah. You know, and now I just, I tell the truth and you know, I used to be greedy and think of like, when I got my paycheck, everything that I wanted and would try to figure out how to get more for myself and give less to everybody else. And now I find myself giving more, Yeah, you know, like, so like God, the testimony of how God changed us was not our history of everything we used to do. And now we do, but it's like the transformation of what we now do, you know, yeah, for like, sure. For sure. I used to be the meanest person in the world. Now I'm kind like, I, yeah. don't, I don't know why, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just the transformation that Jesus does in us. That's the testimony. Isn't that what Steve Shell used to always say too? that that's what, like, that's what the world needed to see was they didn't need to hear be preached at and this or that. They just needed to see transform people. Like yeah. Somebody that used to, the liar who's no longer the liar, the adulterer yeah. is no longer the adulterer, the, you name it. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to be someone who professes Jesus in your workplace, because listen, we need people all over doing all sorts of jobs just who are loving Jesus. Mm -hmm. We need teachers. We need firefighters. We need congressmen. We need doctors. We need lawyers. We need we need blue collar, white collar, all of it. We need people in every industry who love Jesus. Yeah. And that just to be there to be an overflow profession of 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 your love for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And when that is in you and then people are going to say, what is up with you? You know, when people see it and then they ask, you know, that's where you can say, man, he, Jesus did this for me and I know he can do it for you. Sure. Um, another question you can ask is, uh, do you think there is heaven or hell? Okay. This is getting a little more direct. Yeah. But, you know, some people will say yes. Some people will say no spiritualized beliefs. You know, there's different ones out there. There's new age, there's Sikh, there's Buddhist there. Mm -hmm. There's lots of different spiritual beliefs that don't believe in necessarily a heaven or a hell, but just attaining some higher level of being, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so you'll hear a lot of stuff like that. And so it's not necessarily, you know, but a lot of people, you know, we live in a post-Christian world yeah, where this culture is. Yeah. So this is kind of an older question yeah. for, uh, cause a lot of people before would say they were Christian and yeah. they believed in heaven or hell. And it was even in like TV shows and it was just in everything like that people believed. They yeah, just, totally. They believed that they were a good person. They would go to, they would go to heaven and there's still, there's still that, that group of people around. I think that would still say that, but this question, I don't necessarily, it's not one that I ask a lot. It was just, it's just one that he has here in his book. And this guy's kind of older, but, um, I mean, he used to be like a mafia, like dude, like he was, he was hardcore. He got saved. Um, if you died, where would you go Hmm. and why? Yeah. yeah. So like, that's kind of getting into like, do you believe in heaven and hell? Where would you go if you die? Like what's going to happen? So these are just questions you can ask the like ultimate questions of like what's going to (laughs) happen, you know? Um, and then he would say, the Bible has a lot to say about this. Do you mind if I share with you? Hmm. And if they say yes to you sharing the Bible with them, then you would have them read these scriptures out loud 
And okay. the only thing you say, you don't have to preach. The only thing you say is, what does that mean to you? Hmm. And here are the scriptures. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I skipped over that, but it said, ask them, read this scripture out loud. Then ask them, what does this say to you? Uh, when they answer, just go to the next verse. Uh, you are a page turner in the page turning business uh, with one goal to stay uh, to stay out of God's way. It hmm. says the Holy Spirit draws and convicts all people. And it says the word it says faith comes by hearing the word of God. Yeah. So just by telling them to read the scripture out loud, yeah. like say, no, can you read it out loud? Because some people will just try to like read it and say, oh, can you read it out loud? It's, I think it's important. Yeah. Just read it out loud. And then when they read it out loud, say, well, what does that mean to you? Yeah. And they can just be bonkers off the walls with stuff. But when they're reading, there's something powerful. The Holy spirit does by hearing the word of God, they're yeah. reading it. They're hearing it. The Holy spirit will work on their hearts. Stay out huh. of God's way. So the first verse is Romans three twenty three. Okay. And so it says, uh, for all have sinned, um, and fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And some people who are listening to this right now might think, oh, you're just going down Romans Road, Jared. And if you've ever heard, have you heard of Romans Road? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So what would, could you tell us what, what was Romans Road before I go down the rest of this? Oh, I don't remember. I just remember there was the Romans Road. I don't yeah. even remember what verse. I just remember there's, you know, was it five or six verses that yeah, go yeah, through yeah. Romans that kind of bring you from that you're a sinner basically to salvation essentially. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. um, I, I remember it being talked about in like Baptist school when I was a kid, but yeah. Yeah. So this steals from Romans road, but then he added other scriptures. Okay. So, uh, but Romans road is always three twenty three, uh, six twenty three, uh, 10, nine and 11. And, and then that's where it, that's where it ends there. Okay. Uh, did I miss one? For I feel like you missed one. Wasn't there? For Romans Road, maybe. Anyway, so he goes from Romans three twenty three, and here and here's the fun little tip. So if you actually want to do this and you want to get like a just like a witnessing Bible, mm -hmm. sometimes like a smaller pocket Bible or really kind of cool for like a sharing Jesus. I yeah. used to have my sharing Jesus without fear Bible. It was okay. a cool little brown fit in my back jean pocket type thing Bible. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. it was cool. Yeah. Well, my backpack got stolen at church with two of my most favorite Bibles. Oh. One was one from high school. The other one was my sharing Jesus. Oh, man. Bible. But so I haven't got a new one yet. Okay. Um, but what I used to do or what you do is because you're having them read it, right? Okay. So then you write the next verse facing you. So it would be upside down in like the top margin. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> so you hand them the Bible, they read, and you highlight this verse. So yeah, it's yeah. the only verse you want highlighted in the in Romans 3, chapter okay. 3 there. Got it. And so it's that highlighted verse. Can you read it out loud? And they would say, uh, they would see, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all you would say is, well, what does that say to you? Yeah. And you let them talk. And as totally. they talk, you start flipping pages because you saw that you need to turn to Romans 6.23. Okay. And so you get to Romans 6.23 and you listen to them and they talk and they talk and you say, and you don't say anything. You say, yeah. okay, well, how, read this next verse. Yeah. And so they read the next verse. The next verse says, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So they're talking, what does that mean to you? Oh, well, everybody sinned, right? Yeah. Most likely they're going to talk about for all have fallen short of the glory of God, like uh, for all have sinned. Well, yeah. everybody sinned. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Yeah. 
So, I mean, like, they're just going to explain, like, what does that, what does that say to you? And you let them just kind of process that out. You let the Holy Spirit do his work. Um, this page right here says circle the word sin. Yeah. And just circle it. Um, God says only one needed to send me to hell and death, which offers me, I don't even know what this says here. Circle sin. Um, anyway, I'm not sure what that, this, this PDF, uh, they stole it right from the book. So I'm not sure without reading more. Uh, but the third verse is John three, three, um, in reply, Jesus declared, this is the scripture they read. I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. Hmm. Um, and then you can ask, what does that mean to you? Or, and so he has two options when you get, he, he considers this halfway. You can ask, why did Jesus come to die? Oh, okay. So if you want to like go right for it, like you're feeling like they're like, yeah, they're going to accept Jesus. Why did Jesus come to die? And yeah. if they answer that and they understand that he mm-hmm. came to die for their sins, then you can say, Hey, you know, act and you can lead someone in a time of prayer. But, yeah. um, if not, you just turn to the next verse, John 14, six, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to you? They get to say that Yeah, you're flip, you flip to Romans 10, nine through 11. And this is a longer one, but it says, uh, that you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. And you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Hmm. Um, verse 10, for it is with the heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confessed and are saved. And verse 11, as the scripture says, anyone who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Hmm. And this, so that's like, that's like a powerful moment there. Like, to receive the Lord yeah. and you can ask, what does that mean to you? And that's all you do for sure. Read this. What does it mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. Then you turn to second Corinthians five fifteen, and he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Huh. And the last verse is Romans th- or revelation three twenty. Okay. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Hmm. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Mm. And so that's the last verse you ask them. What does it mean to you at that point? You're hoping, you know, that they're going to say yes to Jesus. Yeah. Um, But you can ask them, uh, you can just ask them like, um, I'm trying to see what this document says. Normally I would just go into asking them like, would, do you want to, would you want to receive forgiveness for your sins and pray that prayer? Yeah. Yeah. And most of the time people will say yes, not all the time, but what I tend to go to at that point, instead of trying to, cause the first few times I tried doing this, it was really awkward for me. And I Uh felt like, what did I just do? Okay. I want you to pray a prayer after me. And like, I, I was like, it was horrible. (laughs) I was like, Jesus, Jesus. It was like, Oh Lord. Like, you know, um, but what I like to do is I like to say, Hey, you know, praying is just talking to God. Uh-huh. So out of everything that we just talked about or that you read, if you just want to talk to God and ask him to forgive you and that you would put your life in, in his hands, trusting him that he will lead you and you just pray that. And then after you just pray, whatever, whatever you say, it won't be wrong. 
And then I'll pr- I'll lead you in a prayer at that point. And like, I'll pray something and I'll just say, Hey, pray this. And I'll pray. Cause like you hear, sometimes you hear people pray and it's beautiful and you don't need to add anything. And yeah. you just pray a blessing over them. Yeah. Sometimes you'll hear someone pray something and they won't pray uh, a confession or a repentance or they're not praying a full surrender or, you know, so you just want to help encourage them, like, and lead them in a prayer of f- full surrender. Mm-hmm. Like, repentance is like, I'm turning. So I use that word a lot when I pray for someone for salvation. I'm going to turn from my ways, God. Yeah. And I'm going to follow you, trusting in you. I'm surrendering my right to choose. And I'm going to put my hand in your hand and I'm going to follow you, God. I'm going to let you make the calls from now on, God. I'm going to let you be the one who I put my trust and my hope for my future that, that, that you're going to lead me, God. I'm, I'm, and so just like that, I, I can't do it without you. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that heart of I can't do it without you. Because yeah. that was my prayer. I yeah. was alone and like I grew up in the church, but my heart and my prayer of salvation, I was alone. And I just said, God, I can't do it without you. Yeah. And it was that, it's just that heart of like, I need your help, Lord. I need you for sure. And so like when I lead people in prayer, I don't always have this perfect prayer to repeat after me, which I used to have one written down in my Bible. And every time I try to do that, it just, it was horrible, <laughs> but, <laughs> Got it. but I think if we get in touch with our own testimony of how mm-hmm. God's transformed our lives mm-hmm. and we get in touch with the prayer that changed our life, yeah, then that, then, then that would just be a natural overflow when I lead someone to pray the prayer of salvation. Gotcha. You know, because it's clear, like we, we teach people how to pray the prayer of salvation. Jesus, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Forgive yeah. me of my sins, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and sometimes it's lacking the genuine, like transformation of a heart. Like, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, so that's why I tell people, I say, well, you need to get in touch. You need to lead someone to Jesus. You need to get in touch with your own testimony. You're getting in touch with your own, the own, your own prayer huh. the, uh, of, so every day this week, pray that prayer, hmm. pray a prayer of salvation. Cause we don't believe in the sinner's prayer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're being saved from your sins. It's a salvation prayer. You're being saved. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, absolutely. so pray the prayer of salvation every morning and just mean it. Just mean it with all your heart. When you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that he is Lord and God raised him from the dead. Like something happens, right? <laughs> like you're changed, you're saved. And like, yes, we're saved. Yeah. We're being saved and we will be saved. Yeah. There's a process of things. It says some things are yet to come. I think the word is metatata, right? There's okay. things that have not happened yet. There's going to be the, the marriage feast of the supper with the lamb. Like there's going to be an end where we are completely restored, new bodies. We're saved. We're redeemed. Um, but that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. We, we are saved. We are being saved and we will be saved. And so just, there's nothing wrong with every day asking the Lord to save you. Lord, you know, it's not like your, your faith, like you didn't make a decision and that, yeah. you know, yeah, the yeah. relationship wasn't restored and that you weren't born again. But, but by praying it yeah. is I, I tell people it's, it's, that's not cause you need to do it every day or else you won't go to heaven, Yeah, but getting in touch with what he's done yeah, for yeah, you for sure and be able to put words to it. Yeah then it's not going to be hard to talk to someone about like for me it was always i always felt like a con artist when they made us do it when i was a young person huh. but then when i really got a hold of like 
wow, I have design. I have purpose. Like he made me for a reason. Like I, I remember when I was in high school, I used to always like, you know, be self-conscious and I'd look at myself in the mirror and I would, I would be self-conscious over like my nose. I, th- I had a big nose cause I'm native American and I, <laughs> and I would always be like, Oh, people don't like me because of my big nose. And I used to think that yeah. I, was, I used to honestly think that. Yeah, and yeah. I remember as a grown man, when I, when I heard the word of the Lord say, I made you with purpose and design. There's this like thing in me from when I was a teen <laughs> that huh. the Lord like instantly healed. Like, no, that's how I made you with the wow. purpose, with design, with like, you know, so people who are always like trying to think, Oh, they want to like get plastic surgery or do things to like for people to accept them yeah. for who they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always like, it breaks my heart Yeah, because totally. I'm like, God made you like you're, you are who you are for a reason. Like, Jesus was an ordinary man. Yeah. That meant that he had no special features. He wasn't extraordinarily good looking. He mm-hmm. wasn't super like he wasn't like we always portray Jesus as like this Swedish supermodel. Yeah. <laughs> like he I mean, he had he was amazing be, just being around him. For sure. People were like, "Whoa." But like he didn't have anything extraordinary just the way he looked and so it's like I think sometimes people think when they have that lie, it's a lie. It's a lie of the enemy. Yeah. And I had that lie on me and that's what that insecurity was from. It was from a lie. And, hmm. um, but when I, when I, when I got a hold of that, like, wow, like God made me this way. I'm purposed. I'm designed. Like I can talk to anybody about that for sure. So I think getting a hold of your testimony, he did it for me. I know he can do it for you. Some of this stuff like, uh, sharing Jesus without fear can help. Mm-hmm. because it can help you. Romans road is not bad. It can help. Yeah. Um, but it's just good to know these, these verses. Yeah. And, and even if you just never, like you said, there's a lot of people who are afraid to share the good news mm-hmm. and don't believe this. There's a lie out there. There's a quote that a lot of preachers said for many years by Francis Assisi that said, you know, um, yeah. Uh, 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 come on. What is it? It's on pre- the tip of my tongue. Preach, preach the good news at all times and when necessary, use words, I believe is the, yeah. the statement yeah, yeah. as, as if, you yeah. know, you sh- you don't necessarily have to use your words. And that's so funny because he was a preacher. He was a preacher and, and he, he went around preaching. He preached a lot. Yeah. He preached the good news he a used, lot. He used his words quite a bit. But then we very used, effectively, but then that's used a lot today to like tell people like, it's okay if you don't share your faith. And I don't think preachers preach this, but that's no. kind of like the unspoken message that comes across. Like, it's okay if you don't tell people about Jesus, just live a really good life and they will see your good works and praise your father in heaven. They'll quote another verse, right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They'll see the goodness of the way you live your life. And I, I, I believe with that. Yeah. If you live a righteous life, people will see it. Yeah. But are you going to love them to hell? Yeah. Like that's, for sure. that's true. Like that you can do that. You yeah. can, you can be the kindest, lovingness, gentleness. You can have bear the fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You can be the moral agent in your workplace and all of that. Yeah. And if you never tell someone Jesus saved me yeah. and what he did for me, he can do it for you. I know he can then you're robbing them of, of salvation for sure. And I think honestly what it is, and I I used to preach this to the youth all the time. It's like, it's like, you don't believe that you have the real cure. 
you believe that you got snake oil or something like, you know, like essential oils or something. You just, you think like, you think you got something that's not real. Like, you know, instead of like having antibiotics, you know, like antibiotics, you know, or you can take like the, I don't know, what's a really bad over the counter option for a flu. Or the cold. Theraflu. Or a sinus infection, right? Yeah, yeah. You ever tried all that stuff over the counter for sinus oh, yeah, infection? It never and, works. and none of it ever works. Nah. As soon as you go to the doctor, you get antibiotics, it's like bam, it's, gone. it's like yeah, gone. Exactly. You know? Yep. It's like you don't believe you have the real cure yeah. for sin. And so for me, I used, I used to preach all the time. I'm like, this is the cure to sin. Yeah. <laughs> like sin is an infection. It's infected you, it's infected our world. It's real. Mm-hmm. So like trying to help people understand that sin is real yeah and you need you need the cure yeah like that's that's a big part of like for sure that makes a lot of sense when we were trying to get prepared for um discipleship tracks Mm -hmm. we uh that's where a lot of discipleship things start yeah you know there's a problem yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) the problem is you are a sinner you're fallen Right. And there's a solution. Mm-hmm. And so we originally, we looked at like OSL and Jerry Derman, how he did it. We looked at ministry training Institute. We looked at alpha rooted. They all do the same thing. They all start with, there's a problem. And the one thing that we decided we wanted to do differently was Genesis one twenty six. You were created with purpose, with yeah. design. He made you in his image mm-hmm. and it was good. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. we wanted to start with like, like, no, yes, there is a problem. We mm-hmm. go into that in the second, the second class, but we would want to start with, this is how he made you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was good. Yeah. He didn't make a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> You're planned. Like, so that was our, that was why we started there instead of where most places start with you're a sinner. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because we want people to know that you're getting restored back to that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read a book once uh, by Chris Volaton called The Supernatural Ways of Royalty. Okay. And he tells a story about how um, he, had, um, he had offended his family. And I can't remember what he, what he did, but like he asked all of them to forgive him. Uh-huh. And they all did. Or no, I don't think it was him. I think it was somebody else in the family that did something and everyone was super mad at them. And they, he said he talked to them about forgiving that. I think it was their, his wife, their mom. Okay. And so they said that, yes, they would forgive her. And so he walked them through understanding what forgiveness is. He said, forgiveness is now you being restored back to where you were before the offense. Okay. So before she did that that the way you saw her, the position she had, everything like you, when you forgive her, you're restoring her back to there. Okay. You don't get to hold any of this stuff against her. None of this gets held against her. And it's like, that's, that's the, that's the picture. Uh-huh. Genesis one twenty six, right? He made us in the image. Like it was good. Like he had, he restored us back to that. Yeah. You know, like yeah, yeah. the relationship was broken and we died in our spirits. And now it says you're born again. Yeah. You're born again in your spirit. Yeah, yeah. And you're re- you're being restored. That's why I believe um, we're here not just to lead other people to Jesus, but to become more like Jesus, mm-hmm. because he he wants to restore us from that brokenness. For sure. So. Yeah, absolutely.
Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. So do you so do you think that addressing then like how you did that in discipleship track then addressing that with somebody as far as who God created them to be first is a better way than to share Jesus than to go straight into the center than being a sinner. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like I, I, when I, when I meet someone for the first time, I don't know them. I yeah. tried to see like who, who has God made them to be? Mm-hmm. God made them with purpose and design. And like, even like people and here is a huge awake, like enlightenment for me. Uh, people I don't like. Hmm that just kind of rub me the wrong way or that get irritated with really easily. Yeah. The Lord was like, I made them with purpose and design and intentionality. And so it's like, even with people like that, especially if I'm doing like conflict resolution or something, I, you know, I'll ask the Lord to show me like their strengths, the things that he made them for. Yeah. And, uh, and just with that, anybody. So I try to like ask the Lord to show me, like, cause there's beauty in that um, yeah. who, and who, the, you know, the strengths and the things that he's, he's, he's putting us individually. Yeah. And so, yeah, I usually start there and start with talking to people about, you know, if I see they like something or just talking to people. And yeah. so I try to just find out like the, the, the good and who they are. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, there's definitely, there's always a, a level of of sin or corruption in their life, you know, if they're not walking with Jesus and mm-hmm. or know Jesus at all. Yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I think these questions that they start here are, are really good. Again, they're, uh, what do you believe spiritually? Who is Jesus to you? I would skip the, do you think there's heaven or hell? Yeah. Um, uh, if you died, do you know what would happen to you? It says, do you know where you would go? Yeah. I would say if you died, do you know what would happen to you? For sure. Um, and then just say, you know, well, I'm a Christian and I believe that I believe in heaven and the Bible has a lot to say about that. You know, if you're willing to read a few verses, I'll show you. Yeah. And that's, that's an opportunity to read all those verses. For sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's really cool. I like that, man. I like that. That's good. And that was called, and the book of that was what? Sharing the gospel without fear. Sharing Jesus without fear. Sharing Jesus without fear. And I could tell you who, who wrote it here. Um, uh, w- William Fay. William Fay, right on. Fay Sharing Jesus without fear. William Fay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It's a good book. Go check that out if you need some help. Yep. Sharing your faith. There's other books too you can read about evangelism, but um, I would say, I would say before you try to really dig deep into sharing and leading people to Jesus, I would say just get in touch with your own testimony yeah. and your own prayer that led you to full surrender. For sure. That's what I would say. Absolutely. Yeah. Right on, man. That's awesome. Well, hey, what are some of the things that we have coming up in our church? Ooh, bulletin items. That's bulletin right. Bulletin items. Bulletin items. Okay, I'm going to the website. I'm on events and signups page on the Northwest page. And I'm on events and signups on the Northwest app. So if you do go to our church, if you don't have it, go uh, iTunes or wherever Android people go get their stuff. I don't know. I've never used the, an Android the, phone. The Chrome store? The Chrome no. store? Is that? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm not the, sure. The app store? I, uh, I just know how to get it on, on an Google, Apple device. Google Plus store? I Google don't know. Google Plus store? I, I don't yeah, know. I'm not sure either. But a couple things coming up. We do have uh, discipleship track registration is open for track two, track.
That is open. Do you know how many people have signed up so far? Oh, give me. You keep telling people. I'll tell you and just. Yeah, dude. Case. So that's open up. And actually, discipleship track three is opened up as well. So you can just go ahead and register for all of them. Um, if you've done that now, you don't have to do, cause I got somebody who just showed up at church. Can they do, can they jump into discipleship track two or do we want them to do with one? Is it, is there an order? No, there's no order. Really? So they can just hop in anytime. So yeah. if you haven't done one, but you want to get going, you can just go ahead, sign up on two yeah. and just take, take one when it becomes available. You again. can take two, one, three, three, two, one, one, two, three. It doesn't matter. They, they're standalone. But they all are important in their own right. Um, so uh, right now, Discipleship Track 2 has 83 people signed up. Discipleship Track 3 has 13 people signed up. Very cool. We also have a systematic theology class that starts this Thursday night. That's there right. is online options available still, but we're going through the foundation of Pentecostal theology. You can still sign up, but it's online only. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, and then, um, I mean, we, we did say we're reaching the men, but there is the women's conference coming up. So, men, if you are listening, encourage your wives to go check that out this coming weekend, the 9th and 10th. And, dude, are the women really having axe throwing? Um, I'm serious, dude. Dude, that is rad. We had so many women say. That is awesome. Independently from one another. Yeah. How come the men get to throw axes? <laughs> like, I'm not joking. Like That's so awesome. Anyway, I just said to Ben, I said, hey, like, Here's we're number. trying to yeah. do something fun. But yeah. This is what we're, and he goes, let's just do it. Let's yeah. just bring the axe people. So I called them and they, uh, they had an opening. Beautiful. Day of, so. That's awesome. And it's a husband and wife that do it together. Yeah, they're and super s- cool. Yeah. At the so men's she, retreat, I chatted with them for a while. They were awesome. She was really excited because yeah. she's like, we never do women's events. <laughs> so she was really excited. That's super cool. So. Yep. Nice. Well, hey, if if anything, women, you get to throw some axes. June, gonna... June 6th, we have water baptisms. Cool. Uh, if you do have a newborn child and you want to have them dedicated, you can always go to the signups, and uh, I think they do those the first weekends of every month. Beautiful. Um, lots of missions happening this summer. If you're looking to do a mission, uh, go to events and signups, but I'll just ramble them off here. Summer mission. Um, home mission, teen reach, uh, adventure camp, Royal family, kids camp. And, uh, we're doing a mission to the homeless, a medical mission to the homeless on site. Oh, that's awesome. Very cool. So, yeah. Get signed up for those. We have uh, impact camp. If you have, uh, kids, junior highs or high schoolers, uh, it's first come first serve. They're only taking, um, cause squim can only fit so many people. So they're, I think they're only taking 150 kids. They usually, okay. High school was the biggest camp that we would always have. And okay. it, was, it was like 380. Oh, wow. So drastically smaller. It's all going to be about who signs up first. So okay. May 1st sign up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And if you're, they're always looking for volunteers. I mean, in this place, they need people to cook, pull security, cabin leaders, people to run the different events. They do have a, a, a bus that drives up. So if you got a bus license, they need people to drive a bus up to the lake. Oh, wow. Because they have a jet boat and tubing and all sorts of stuff. So. Okay. But. Very nice. Yeah, I think that's all the events. Perfect. Otherwise, uh, we got uh, we got Ignite service this Wednesday at 7 p.m. Oh, and yeah. And then we got uh, 
Saturday at five, pre-service prayer at four forty-five, service Saturday night at five, and then we got pre-service prayer again eight fifteen in the morning and nine and eleven thirty Sunday morning services. Can I say one last thing? Absolutely. My vision, my heart for men at the church at Northwest Church specifically. I mean, we're a church of before COVID of like two thousand. Yep. I mean, my heart is to see hundreds of men at church each weekend prayer walking the campus prayer walking the gym the sanctuary the parking lot just men everywhere and just just blessing people yeah as people show up either greeting ushering looking for those who are trying to sneak out last second giving them a prophetic word praying yeah. praying for healing for people just like unashamed in love with Jesus praying for revival coming to the church campus just just prayer walking i yeah. think i think if we had men showing up in in large numbers we would start to see lots of people show up to prayer and we believe that revival happens when people pray for sure so yep, yep. yeah that's that's my dream is to see you know at least 100 men show up every weekend for yeah. just just to pray yeah yeah and you don't have to go sit in the chapel pre-service prayer but just just pray. I mean, that's what I've been doing. I've yeah. been I've been walking around the gym, the sanctuary, the parking lot, and just praying before services. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna keep pushing and asking everyone to do it. So. Perfect. Right. right on. We'll show up, pray if you're a man, and that's rad. Yeah. Well, hey, awesome. Had a great week. Great chat. See you next week. <laughs>